2: Okay, hello, welcome to the exchange from the uh, Agora Podcast Network. And today it is me, David Crowther, History of England, doing the sitting in the interviewer's chair. And I'm very pleased to say that this week we've got Elias Beldada. Elias, morning Elias, how are you doing? All
0: right, thank you David, how are
2: you? Excellent, can't complain, mustn't grumble, as it were. Very pleased to be doing this job, sort of. So Elias, you are the author of The History of Islam, is that correct? Correct. Okay, so I'm Elias. We're going to have a chat about your podcast and why you did it and uh, the kind of things you're trying to say with the podcast. Uh, So why don't I start off with that appallingly traditional question, I do apologise, that gets asked in every interview. So Elias, what gave you the urge to start podcasting? Hmm.
0: Well, I think it was a combination of quite a few factors. I think the first or the most decisive of them was the fact that there was nothing out there that dealt with the history of Islam in the the podcasting world and the only things that approached it even in the slightest were sort of one episode specials uh, performed by people that I felt didn't really know much Mm. about the topic that they were dealing with Right, and the straw that broke the camel's back was uh, listening to Tom Holland on uh, the history of Byzantium oh, yeah. podcast, hmm. uh, performing his his interview, and I just felt that it wasn't an appropriate thing for Robin, who is the host of the History of Byzantium right. podcast, to do because Tom Holland presents a very revisionist theory of early Islamic history, and I think to present that to people who have never been exposed to Islamic history as sort of the first thing they've they've heard or, or learned about Islamic history isn't isn't really the way to do things because I think you need right. to learn the traditional view first before you
2: can learn the revisionist view. Because then okay are not aware so, of has been revised. So no no criticism of, of Robin Pittson, obviously, but uh, it's I understand what you're saying that you think there's um that Tom is presenting uh, quite a difficult, uh, difficult conceptual approach to it, and do you think people need to know the uh, the basics before they get onto that? Is that right? Yeah, and um, also I mentioned that Robin does in fact have an additional
0: episode, a, a sale episode on the origins of Islam, which I haven't I haven't heard, so I don't, I don't mean to criticise him or, or anything like that.
2: Yeah, no, no, I understand. Great, so you heard this and you thought you could do this. Um...
0: Yeah, and I was, um, I was a fan of
2: the history of Rome, which ah, yes. I think
0: has sort of a similar range of what, what I want to achieve in terms of the historical period that's being dealt with. So a long, 1,000 year period, which yeah. I felt there was nothing out there besides the history of Rome and the history of uh, uh, Byzantium and Euros, for example, which are still ongoing, that dealt with sort of civilizational history from yeah. beginning to end. Surprised that nothing out
2: there, built no, the history of Islam, so sort of right pickings. So the um, uh, uh, old Mike Duncan has an awful lot to answer for, doesn't he? There's an awful lot of us who got started off by by Mike Duncan. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: So okay, so that's great. So you've you've got a reason to do it, but gosh, it's, it's an enormous um, it's an enormous thing to take on. How do you fit it in? How do you make it work?
0: Well, lately I haven't been able to do that.
2: Right. You have had a gap, haven't you?
0: Yeah, and I was
2: really forced into that. Um, It was, I had to dedicate myself to doing a podcast,
0: which is a hobby, or dedicate myself to doing my exams and achievements, which is my pathway in life. So I had to take a break. Right. Um, When I first started the podcast, it wasn't that difficult fitting into my schedule. Mm. I basically treated Right. or at certain times of the week, so it wasn't that difficult to work in. Um, besides the gap and the past few weeks when I was uh, settling into a new year, a new academic year, um, I think it hasn't been that difficult to sort of slot it into my timetable as if it were uh, like an academic commitment in school or something like
2: that. So how confident are you, do you think, that you're going to be able to keep it going? I think right now I'm fairly confident. Right. There's no other way you could answer that question there, was there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you really couldn't have said to your listeners, actually, I don't think I'm going to manage it. I'm sorry. It was a dumb question. I that I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not being able to upload as, uh, as consistently as I'd
0: like to.
2: Is that, yeah, I think it matters to people, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a good problem to have. But the way I see it, um, especially with podcasts, it,
0: it stays there forever. So, for example, with the history of Rome, when I first discovered it, it was already complete. So a lot of listeners, or I'm hoping a lot of listeners that listen to my work in the future, are going to listen to it way after I've finished publishing it. So I think it's better to not have the short-sighted view of having to upload an episode at a certain period of time, and just keeping in mind that what you publish is going to be there forever, and most of the people that are going to listen to it are going to listen to it much
2: uh, Yeah. After you've that's true, isn't it? Yes, it's going to sit there forever. So, before we get on to Islam itself as a topic, um, one more question about the general podcasting thing. Tell me, what do you have a philosophy of podcasting? Do you think like this is the way to do a good podcasting? This is how. This is the secret of drawing in a good audience.
0: Um, not really. I think that's mostly down to the fact that I've just. I've, I out. I've just started. I think, even though looking at the date today, I'm almost. Uh, I'm approaching my first year anniversary of creating a podcast.
2: All right. Congratulations. Round of applause. Thank you. Don't mention it. Don't mention it. That
0: comes as a big surprise to me because I still feel my mindset is still warm. But I've just started. I think I've got about 17 episodes out. Right. Because I'm still a novice to podcasting, um, I don't have a philosophy yet. I feel that that's something that develops over time. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't think there's a secret to drawing a good audience i think if you create especially podcasting if you create something that's really good people will find it eventually because there is an audience out there especially with history podcasts that actively seeks out new things
2: yeah and i'm sure you're right okay well when you do discover the secret if there is a secret (laughs) if you could let me know that'd be grand okay or maybe sell it actually you know so um anyway so why the history of islam then i think you Partially talked about that actually in your motivation, but uh, what was it that um, is? Is there a particular thing you're trying to uh, communicate about in your podcast? I
0: don't, I don't feel I'm trying to communicate a particular thing. I don't don't think I don't have a hidden agenda. I just, I just want to make sort of Islamic history um, accessible to people. I don't think it is um, a review sort of beginner level books that people can read but w- when it comes to sort of popular media there aren't that many ways for people to, uh, western people people that speak English uh, to access Islamic history uh, and I think it's a, a wealth of, of knowledge and stories really that people can, um,
2: can explore and discover so I think my role is simply making it accessible to people Right. Okay. And how do you how do you think you do that? I mean, how much? So I think one of the questions is always how much depth you go into, um, how rigorous is the treatment of what you do? How how do you think about that? How do you decide the depth and approach that you take? Um, I, think, I think that comes down to simply
0: as as the host, it comes down to my personal judgment of mm. what I.
2: I thought it was great, actually. I, I, uh, from a personal level, I really enjoyed that sort of stuff. It put you in, put everything into context, um, something I didn't know anything about. Uh, so I agree that, that was great. It worked really yes. well, I thought. I didn't mention it. Um, so no planning, essentially, is what you're saying. Uh, you just follow your star, Elias. Is that right? Um, kind of. It um, comes as it comes. I do, I do plan. Right. Um, something, something that I don't really try. I don't really want to tell people.
0: But mm. I do put a lot of planning, planning into my work. Right, okay. you really try to plan ahead, I think that's, that's one of the factors that contributes to why I'm reluctant to just upload things uh, like yeah. really quickly. I, I really like to put a lot of preparation into what I do so that I'm not caught sort of, with my hands in my pocket. If, if I get yeah. like, a question that I'm not prepared for or, or anything along those lines.
2: Grand. So, at the moment, of course, after seventeen episodes, you are still in pretty much in the Arabian Peninsula, aren't you?
0: Yeah, Mohammed is still in Mecca. So
2: still, really Muhammad is yeah. still in Mecca. Yeah. So, um, how old are you going to be when you finish? Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know, it's been a year. I feel like I basically have not
2: moved. Right. So you could be a couple of hundred years old, something like that. They'll probably have invented cryogenics by the maybe, time you you maybe. get to there. Yeah. Very good. So tell me, uh, and what's, what's great about the story of, um, uh, of Muhammad at this period? What, what is it that you love about this part of um, the story you're in? Um,
0: I think right now, it's sort of a formative period. So it's, sort of, it's leading up to the big bang, the great event that's going to happen, the event that's going to ch- change world history. So I think right now I'm still in the build-up um, to the part that I really enjoy, so, so I haven't reached the section that I felt I'm going to right. enjoy yet well, it's, it's like it's, it's about the
2: builder right so it's taking the scene so what is what is the big bang tell tell a man I'm almost entirely ignorant uh, tell me what the, what the really big exciting thing we, we can look forward to well um, Mohammed as we all know is a major figure um, in world history um,
0: he was one of the people mentioned in Carlisle's um, great man theory book, that's not a title, I'm just paraphrasing it, <laughs> yeah, okay, it's, the thing that I'm fascinated by is how one life can really change the way the world works, or the way the world runs. Um, right now in, in, in the History of Islam podcast, Mohammed is in Mecca,
1: but
0: mm. uh, eventually he's going to move to Medina and he's going to found a political Society that's going to rise up and destroy two empires that were the foundation um, of the old world, really, uh, excluding China and, and the rest of the Far East. And that's, when you think about it, that's just a really gigantic event. It's, I mean, imagine if today another figure rose up in Europe and I don't know came to dominate. Actually, you've got you've got Hitler.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yes, you probably wouldn't want to equate, (laughs) yeah. But I understand what you mean. I'm making a vast, changing the the map of Europe, as it were. Maybe Boris Johnson. Yeah, like Boris. Just just a joke. um, He's elected
0: prime minister, and then he ends up waging war on Russia and America and (laughs) defeating them simultaneously. It could happen.
2: It could happen, Elias. It could happen.
0: It could never doubt the. the Yeah.
2: Oh good lord. Anyway, yes. Um okay, so with, that's the um that's the thing we're you're, we're really building up to at the moment and I mean you're right. It's an extraordinary story, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So that's uh so that's what we're coming up to. Do you, one of the things um that occurred to me when I was listening to it was uh, this is nothing like something like the history of England or the history of Byzantium or the history of Rome. It is exponentially bigger as a topic than any of those because of course at some point islam is going to go global as well isn't it so you're going to have all these different cultures and different countries and different histories how you, have you thought about how you're going to cope with that i
0: have and that's actually a big a big problem that's approaching right it's, it's still far away so what i'm kind of doing is sort of leaving tomorrow's problems for tomorrow i see but what i do have concretely planned and um, what i have a solid vision of what i'm going to do is um from now up until the fall of the Maid Caliphs Um, after they fall, you have a new dynasty of Muslim rulers who rise up but then after that the Muslim world begins to fragment so you have a dynasty in Iberia a dynasty in North Africa a dynasty uh, in Mesopotamia a different one in India and Pakistan so you have a real fragmentation and right now I haven't sat down to, to think about how I'm going to deal with that problem but I feel that right now I'm still too far away um, from that era to sort of worry about it. But one possibility is that I just mm. choose what I believe um, is the most dominant power in that period or the most dominant figure and focus on them while leaving everything else in the periphery. But right. that's not that's not what I'm actually going to do, it's just thoughts for now because I'm still yeah. too far away from that period to worry about it.
2: So you're going to follow the Douglas Adams approach, which is that it's, it's an SEP. It's somebody else's problem. It's such a big problem, you just can't see it anymore. You just don't look at it, and hopefully somebody else will deal with it. Is that right? You may not have heard of the Douglas Adams SEP concept. No, I've never heard of it before. but It's, I, it's very I'm, useful. I will deal with it, just, just not now. When I get just to. not now. Right, very good. Yeah. And do you have some sort of, uh, uh, is there some sort of message about that you like you think we ought to be drawing out of um, isla- uh, the rise of Islam, the, the history of Islam? Um, what are the general themes that you want to explore? No, message is probably the wrong word. It's general themes, I guess. Yeah, I've been asked this question before. But I, don't, oh, yeah. I don't feel, I'm not trying to relate any particular
0: theme at all. I think I'm, my only intention is just to make the history of Islam more accessible. Mm. so i'm not i'm not am really not thinking about an overarching theme or anything like that i'm just trying to present um, what i discovered to people in an accessible format and in a live format that people can listen to uh, without being bored to death
2: mm. great very good so i've had i i think i've only got one more question for you actually mm. Elias. um uh, it, tell me about what the challenges you are uh, you find of presenting an objective history of Islam to a largely Western audience. I guess in a sense you're presenting to a largely largely Western audience. Yeah. What are the challenges around that? Well, one of the challenges is, as I mentioned at the beginning of the interview with um,
0: Tom Holland, um, there is a sort of revisionist core that exists that doesn't place any faith in uh, traditional sources. And that's a problem for me now, because the the early uh, period of Islamic history, when Muhammad is still in Mecca, um, is fraught with doubts. Um, it's basically it's a murky period, so um, mm. we don't know that much of what's going on. I, like most uh, historians, I'm not saying I'm a historian, a historian, but like most historians, I don't I don't throw the traditional narrative completely out of the window. I think, um, although in some places it's clear that there's been um, things like fabrications with, uh, you have like ninth century writers um, giving Muhammad credit for miracles that probably didn't happen. I think we could still use the traditional narrative as sort of a, um, a skeleton for what probably did happen in that early period. So what's happening now To decide um, how to place the chronology is first of all using a credible source, a credible secondary source, or a known historian. Right. And secondly, and when it comes to choosing what to include, what to leave out, I like to give precedence or prioritise what I believe moves the story forward, or right. something something that has a consequence for a future event. If I feel that. An event um, is just basically, I don't know, uh, waffling that doesn't lead to anything in the future. Mm. I cut it out with the purpose of trimming the fat so that we can move forward. Because it's been a year and I'm still only at episode 17, so I really do want to move forward to more juicy uh, <laughs> yeah. g- or exciting events.
2: Interesting. So what's the, um, are there there other big debates? So I understand one of those there is about how much you can trust the sources. What are the other big debates around Islam? So, you know, if I think about Christianity, for example, there's the debate about the Reformation and what led to the Reformation and how vibrant the church was before the Reformation and so on. You know, there are these big questions. Um, What are the big questions you're looking forward to tackling around the history of Islam?
0: Future Islamic histories. So beyond Muhammad I haven't, again, just like the problem of fragmentation, I haven't worried myself with future problems right. because I'm still quagmired in, in current problems. Um, but wait, with early Islamic history, um, besides uh, the, whether early sources are trustworthy or not, uh, you have people that go as extreme to claim that maybe Muhammad didn't exist or to what extent believe. Is exist. that right? Yeah. Right what extent did he exist in the way that we understand it Um, there have been really crazy theories Um, uh, for example one that claimed uh, um, the early Islamic movement was actually a purely Jewish movement that then because of the power they gained uh, evolved to become something else to become an independent religion Go wow yeah in Tom Holland in his book um, um, I can't remember what it's called
2: Sort of Islam, isn't it? Or something like that. Islam, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, he even claimed that the, the Kaaba, which is the cuboid building, the famous uh, black cuboid building uh, in the middle of Mecca that Muslims visit uh, every year, uh, he claimed that that structure did not exist in the time of Muhammad and was built by a man called Abdullah ibn Subayr, who lived uh, two generations or a generation after Muhammad's death. So, again, that's a very controversial thing to right. say. And, uh, I was surprised that he didn't get uh,
2: more attention. Yeah, i must admit it doesn't
0: exist at the time when Muhammad is ludicrous. And what annoyed me more was the fact that he didn't provide any evidence or
2: any sort of convincing argument to back up the, the claim that he made. Right. So, well, they didn't get much reaction in the uh, the world historical. No, no not really. Um, I, don't, I don't want to slag off. Topic, <laughs> no, no, indeed. No, think... That would be the wrong thing to do. Because yes, because he's not. He's not really a, a historian. He has a degree in English.
0: Um, he's a novelist, and he's only began writing uh, books of history or works of history really recently. Um, the only controversy, controversy that he faced was when um, he produced the documentary uh, alongside his book that was aired on British television, and I think that caused a bit of uh, controversy because more people were able to
2: watch the uh, were able to watch the documentary. Right. Okay, interesting. Uh, very interesting. So I'll be very interested to hear how you tackle that and uh, how that unfolds. And how far do you think you're going to get up to? Do you think you're up to, going to get up to the current day, or are you, like everything, like a few things, you're just leaving that to sort itself out?
0: When I first started out, before I even published an episode, when I was, all, when I was planning it, I had the modern day in mind. I had hoped that oh, yeah. eventually the history of Islam will be but as a podcast will be successful enough to allow me to keep going and going until I eventually reach the modern day but that's a, a massive task and right now I'm sceptical of whether, whether that will happen right. but I, I certainly do hope that it does I think it will be a fantastic thing to happen um, but it's a really really long way away
2: That's still the objective up there Yeah it's like Very the, good.
0: That it's the overarching dream
2: right okay it could be you could be 95 by the time you get there but just keep going excellent excellent great Elias thank you that's uh it's absolutely fascinating I love the podcast I've I've listened to it from the beginning as you know because I got in touch with you I think quite early um I think it's great really enjoy it and I very much hope you get to the current day and if you don't I'll you know I'll be very cross
0: (laughs) as an experienced podcaster would you say would you have any advice for
2: Hey, I'm the I'm the interview I'm the interviewer here. <laughs> uh, um I I really don't actually. It's just interesting. Um, I remember listening to Mike Duncan talking about his philosophy, and he said, you know, the thing is, uh, you know, you want to get on with it. Um, don't burble. And I'm not sure I agree with the great Mike, which of course is. You know, indefensible position to hold, but for me, there's loads of great history around. Maybe there's less great history of Islam. I don't know, but I'm sure there's a lot of um, great books on the history of Islam. There are countless yeah. on history of English, history of England. So for me, podcasting is about is about personality, and um, you know, you've just got to stick to what you do and how you do it. And if you stray away from that, then people will recognise it's fake and they you know that's that's for what it's worth um that's what i've always felt okay but anyway that's illegal because you asked me a question and i answered it which is just illegal in an interviewing context i'm sorry terry wogan would never have allowed it anyway thank you very much elias good luck with the uh podcast and um yeah best of luck